No, no, I don't smoke any cigars. Huh? Huh? All right, welcome back to Seeker Reviews and News. Are we recording? Yeah. We Look. are fresh off the fucking week later with the uh, the news. Nah, I'm jo- nah, we're not. We're not that late. <laughs> it's all still developing. It happened mega fast. Yeah. So the future of CrossFit, obviously, if you've read the headline. Yeah, like I think uh, in terms of us commenting on this, like I know, you know, like Craig Ritchie, Team Ritchie on YouTube, mm-hmm. like they didn't release a video for like four days. And obviously for them, they've like their entire fan base is CrossFit based. Uh, making a comment on it isn't very easy for them. Uh, they have a lot of like a lot of business interest with CrossFit HQ. So I think uh, taking a bit of time before commenting on this is no bad thing. Yeah. Uh, we're talking today about uh, CrossFit HQ, about Greg Glassman's comments, about his resignation and about Castro or Dave Castro, sorry, uh, his appointment as CEO of CrossFit. You know, what I think is interesting is, weirdly enough, the timing of this is so strange that it came out at the same time as the revelations about the head of the IWF. Now, essentially, Thomas Ajan was the leader of the IWF mafia, essentially. Okay, long story short. So the McLaren report came out, an incredibly damning investigative report. So not even ethically, just conclusive of illegal criminal activities racketeering racketeering corruption extortion blackmailing yeah you name it 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 went on money laundering money laundering not paying taxes just all of that just a generic bad guy in a movie bar killing someone activities you know run of the mill so that came out in weightlifting we were like sure we knew that yeah this is they're like oh yeah and weightlifting hasn't changed one bit it it Mm. hasn't like everyone's like that's terrible but like yeah, we knew that. Yeah, it's just power for the course. Whereas this then happens with CrossFit with Greg Lassman. And to be honest, a lot of CrossFit's fan base is so new, I suppose, and CrossFitters are very new. But I remember like the Black Box Summit with Rob Wolf and um, Greg Everett from Catalyst Athletics. And then there was the um, CrossFit Kids debacle. Yeah. And then there was always those, like, you could just kind of tell Greg Lassman was a bit of a, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think what you have is somebody who like in Glassman himself who became incredibly successful and gained a huge base of support uh, based on the good workings of other people oh 100% uh, yeah so this like, isn't his work like yeah so you have like he came up with a concept obviously marketed very well uh, but very good people in charge of of certain areas you now have a huge community worldwide who are a phenomenal community helping people every single day to be healthier uh, have better mental health like the thing of CrossFit itself is incredibly positive. Mm-hmm. And it's... Look, he had to be there at the start. He was the person who came up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, it's because of the good work of people who own CrossFit gyms, who coach in CrossFit gyms, who are members of CrossFit gyms, yeah. that the sport or the organization is what it is today. Um, but I think he just gained a kind of cult-like following. And then even if you look at, like, the early stuff that he was putting out, Oh, like some of his views on nutrition are just laughable. Yeah, they sum them up on a piece of paper, kind of. Yeah, like, you know, this is about the war on sugar. Like, if you find a fucking professional athlete who doesn't intake sugar, like refined processed sugar, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to be, you're going to be looking for a long time. Like, you know, it, it's um like the thing with the CrossFit media team and getting rid of those basically overnight. 
uh, you're looking at somebody who's incredibly volatile is nothing but eccentric. Yeah. Like, yeah. or eccentric, whatever that word is. Eccentric. Uh, yeah, like, you know, just in, like lives within their own bubble. Uh, and that was never more apparent than the last week and the comments of the last week. And then the kind of the followings on and the the kind of apparent need for change and, and the moves they made afterwards. So people are kind of saying for a while, like, why hasn't CrossFit made a comment on this? You know, because obviously they're, they are an American company. Yeah. And obviously they have a huge worldwide following and they have a lot of influence on people per se. So if you, you see it, the original tweet, the Floyd 19 tweet by itself is just in poor taste as it was, but he'd actually done a lot of stuff prior to that in the last few days that I'd missed, but then I, it all came out, you know, it became a bit yeah. more, once I'd gone, not investigative, but I just started reading the stuff about him. I think ultimately, though, this was, something like this was bound to happen anyway. I think CrossFit had grown beyond the bounds of CrossFit, really. Yeah. And um, I wish we'd done this podcast, because I called the Rob- Rogue and Reebok uh, partnership that yeah, night. I yeah, was like, yeah. if there's two, because they'd both pulled out, so Rogue had pulled out and Reebok had pulled out. Mm-hmm. It only made sense for them. And I'm ta- I'm reckon that the CrossFit game or the Rogue Games is going to be a thing. I, I like Because they have their Rogue Invitationals going on right now as we speak. And um, it, it seems only like the next logical kind of step for those. Yeah. I think this was something that was going to happen anyway, though. Or not this, not, not this um, because of this, but this kind of situation. There was, a, you know, CrossFit was ready for a big change. Yeah. And they tried to change the games last year and it just didn't... Um, it didn't really work out for them. No, it needed that change, hundred percent. Nobody doubted that. The, it, it had it had gone beyond. It was getting stale. You know, I used to watch a bit of the games before and the stuff behind the scenes. I still watch it, yeah. And it's just it kind of lost its appeal. And they definitely needed that change. In fairness, them, it was. It's a good. It's hard to make a change to something so big to a formula that works. Yeah. You know, like it's always going to be difficult. And you're not going to please everyone. But I think most people would agree that. He, and I think they themselves, as much as they would admit fault, which they rarely do. It was a. It didn't. It was a terrible change, really. But it was a change in a direction, I suppose, that needed it. And then it, it kind of, it kind of led into a cascade of these events happening. And then it really remains to be seen what's going to happen now, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Like, look, I think everyone's heard the story of of the tweets. I think they've heard the story about the email to the affiliate owner. Uh. I think everyone's aware of what the story is. I think some of the stuff that's now going on around, like our best comments are probably placed in what we feel will come out of this rather than what documenting what has happened. So I think if you're asking me what's going to happen, I think Castro as CEO of the company probably isn't going to be enough for people. I think like, like someone said, the second most hated man in CrossFit is now the CEO. Yeah. And obviously as people rightly pointed out to me, he's, our Glassman still owns CrossFit Inc. He's just yeah. not the... Uh, He's the 100% sole share owner yeah. of the company. So any money that's going towards CrossFit will be going directly to him. Uh, and then, like, Castro at the same time, like, whatever he's done at the games is great, but, like, he's still the right-hand man of Glassman. I think what you're going to start seeing now is, is a kind of... Not a divide coming in. I think you'll see... Uh, like strength and conditioning sport in inverted commas coming together. And I think what you'll start seeing is, is something like the PGA in golf where we have the PGA. It might be the U S tour, the, like the PGA tour in the U S uh, the European tour. You might see things like the road to Dubai, which is a huge, 
um, golf competition every year where your points from every competition are, are accumulated or from certain competitions are accumulated and then there's the like Dubai Classic uh, an annual event I think you're going to start seeing more kind of athlete led organizations so whether that be the fitness athlete league or whatever that is um, having just kind of more influence over it rather than it just being a company so it's sport more for the sake of sport's sake and then i think you're going to see more of the bigger sports brands coming in so i think companies like nike have been getting more and more involved in so like mainstream sports apparel companies have been getting more and more involved in crossfit for the last probably four years realistically so you see them start sponsoring athletes like matt frazier uh lauren fisher so these are big main, mainstream companies. I think CrossFit having the Reebok sponsorship was limiting the amount of exposure CrossFit was getting. So it was a nice paycheck for them. But realistically, these bigger companies aren't coming in and aren't bringing their media influence and their kind of uh, like just their influence over the kind of running of things generally. So I think you'll start to see the companies like that kind of Dubai or sorry competitions like the Dubai Classic or whatever those are uh, we have big comp- or big competitions maybe five six times a year and then having larger scale companies sponsoring those and facilitating those events I reckon there's going to be <clears throat> the Rogue and Reebok Games kind of thing is going to be a big one I reckon yeah. I, I'd say they probably won't talk about it now because obviously this kind of thing takes a massive amount of work behind the scenes to pull off something that big but I reckon next year if they'll be obviously watching closely and obviously Rogue facilitate the CrossFit Games and Reebok won't be there this year because they've pulled out of it. The likelihood is this year's games aren't going to be that great anyway. Interesting, Matt Fraser pulled out of the Rogue Invitational and with an injury, but he's clearly more tied to CrossFit and Nike, you know, as a, as duty sponsors. Yeah. So if Reebok are now partnered with Rogue in some fashion, it probably no i'm not saying he's not injured but it's possible that yeah you know that yeah pro- it's strange timing yeah there is very strange timing to announce it only a few days beforehand as well um but i reckon next year depending how it plays out so obviously rogue only watching closely but if there's a possibility for them to capitalize on a huge competition early next year maybe mm. spring where they could very feasibly pull together a large amount of cash you know yeah. that sum of cash between those two companies isn't that much but it's a no. huge amount for any athlete so if you're offering so the games is like f- 350 now or 450 or something yeah I think 350,000 so if they offered male and female winners half a million each yeah like you, you just can't deny that it, that's incredibly tempting for a lot of athletes and then we have this whole thing of they are morally righteous in that way then to avoid CrossFit you know because people are saying and that CrossFit haven't done enough, you know, just yeah, stepping down. With the is, influence they have. Yeah, and saying that, you know, the words aren't enough, tweeting or apology, it doesn't come across very sincere. And then, obviously, we have, I think it's north of 250 gyms have uh, de-affiliated. And to be honest, like, you couldn't really blame a gym for de-affiliating. Like, what were they getting in the last year? Since no media, yeah. no advertisements. You don't get any support from CrossFit Inc., um, and to be honest, I think the name CrossFit turns away. Like, yeah. so if you're a CrossFit gym owner, um, okay, if you're a CrossFit gym member and you're listening to this podcast, you're probably really into CrossFit yeah. or you're, you're fairly into CrossFit or you're at least fairly into learning more about the sport. Those kind of members aren't who pay 
the vast majority of membership in most CrossFit gyms. The people who pay the vast majority of memberships and basically keep the doors open are the people who come in for their one hour of training, maybe three times a week. They're there to get fitter, to get a bit stronger, to get in better shape, but they're not into it in inverted commas like if you get what i mean they're, yeah, that, they that are, could have easily just as well be um they could be in the pt spin. studio down yep. the road but 100%. they enjoy the class structure now look it doesn't mean that those people are any worse or any better than anyone else mm. that's just in all the experience of every gym i've ever been to that's who pays most of the membership you then have maybe 15 to 20 percent who take it a lot more seriously and they're not they, even i'd say less than 10 percent yeah most gyms, really. it could be yeah uh, uh and they're there five six times a week they're there for multiple hours every day they probably end up costing the gym more money in terms of the floor space they could take up but they add a huge amount back to the gym in terms of building the community having a really good sense of like of place and home for the members that are there yeah uh inspiring for new amateur or non extreme like the not the less hobbyist lifters the kind of the casuals yeah and, and they're like a really good role model for people when they come into the gym if if I go to the gym and I see whoever it is and geez they've been there every single time I'm there they're there five days a week it's a really good place to be like okay look I can go that extra day I can go from three days to four days but what I'm saying in a nutshell is we need to be very conscious that the people who pay for most of the running costs of a gym aren't your hardcore CrossFit people and you know the thing is most of those people, so most of these um, hardcore crossfitters aren't going to the games, you know, but they are still competing competitions and none of these competitions are sanctioned crossfit events. They actively yeah. can't be crossfit. They can't say anything about crossfit in the name of them. They have to be called fitness competitions, you know, fitness championships yeah. or whatever. So these are the ones that people are doing. So ultimately, it doesn't really matter to the vast majority of people who put money, you know, they are what keeps the economy of CrossFit and all these related companies going, you know. And to be honest, a lot of those companies who have, the big companies now who've affiliated, who are solely based on the CrossFit community, don't need to be associated with CrossFit anymore because the community has grown beyond that, you know. And CrossFit likes to talk about the community or whatever, and we don't really have that in weightlifting, obviously, but that community is also the financial lifeblood of all these companies, (laughs) you know. and And CrossFit is great for spending money on things. You know, yeah. if you're looking at it from a kind of financial aspect, like they will, like they will pay for their Ram Watt, they'll pay for their Fit Eight, their Kill Cliff, fucking whatever yeah, else it they'll is. They'll buy you know? wrist straps, they'll buy sleeves, equipment. Yeah. They'll, yeah, they're very, very good in terms of a revenue creation. And like they, most of that stuff isn't associated with CrossFit in, in a direct no. way. You know, they would have been peripherally just to kind of um, associate with that. You know, but yeah in terms of like they don't need to be associated with CrossFit so I think they the f- what they need really is an alternative I think to the games I think that will tell a lot you know that will decide yeah. a, a, a huge competition because to be honest like I was saying I still want there to be a big games I still want these people to have something to do like I still want there to be a huge full time comp- professional athlete yeah. being able to train if there yeah. was no CrossFit games I would be very disappointed and I don't even watch them anymore but it would be very upsetting if there was no games, if there was just random competitions, yeah. you know, you, you need the pinnacle of those competitions. You need the world championships for fitness or whatever, because it's a legitimate sport now and there or whatever they do, you know. Yeah. It would be very, it would be pretty shit if it wasn't a thing anymore. Yeah. What I, look, best case scenario moving forward is 
that it's not actually the Rogue Invitational or it's not the Reebok Invitational. It's probably going to be the Dubai thing, realistically. Yeah, I think what you need is you need like, um, so say if you take a sport like uh, Jiu-Jitsu, right? So in Jiu-Jitsu, you'd have like uh, whatever, the World Championships, you have two or three different organizations that in inverted commas govern Jiu-Jitsu worldwide. Then you have your different competitions like your every Eddie Bravo Invitational Classic or whatever, or like Combat Jiu-Jitsu Classic. And they're company-led competitions. But overall, the worldwide standard is decided at international level competitions by non-for-profit companies that are running very, very high-level competitions. I think the Dubai Classic is the biggest in Jiu-Jitsu or the most money in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, What's that Dubai something? Yeah. There's a name for that one, yeah. Uh, So yeah, I think if we're looking at what's best for the sport, it's probably going to be a non-company entity that set up the, like, whatever, the World Fitness Federation, Mm -hmm. who are going to have some sort of oversight over, uh, these are our recommendations, this is how competitions should be run, this is how much testing should be run in and out of competition, Uh, this is a standard, like, whatever these are all the standard things we have and then you'll have companies in the same way they contribute to soccer football rugby where they uh, contribute in forms of sponsorship in forms of supporting teams in forms of sponsoring stadiums and we have our company influence in that way Mm -hmm. rather than our company influence coming from the actual formation of the competition and having a hold over the actual athletes themselves crossfit it was never going to be able to hold onto everything forever. It was never going to happen. Yeah. Like at some stage, it was going to have to break away because people, it's grown beyond CrossFit now. Like fitness is just a thing people like doing. Like, so how many non-affiliated yeah. boxes are in the world? You know, there's so many. Um, Yeah, it's going to be fucking very interesting to see what happens. It's it's probably for the better, right, to be honest. Unless it well, goes yeah, like powerlifting. I, I think it would be better if... if uh, the disbanding or or like the apparent disbanding of the company came on better circumstances i think it's extremely unfortunate like the comments that were said yeah i think it's really unfortunate how those affiliate owners are treated yeah uh but yeah i think you're dead right i don't think this was ever going to be a long-term thing that kept going forever i don't see how crossfit are going to be able to realistically recover and i think it happened you know what i was the grid they came at a terrible time because they yeah. came and CrossFit was in its heyday. Whereas if they were trying to come around now, they would be absolutely oh dead. Yeah. So they had the right idea, but CrossFit stole their idea, and <laughs> rightly so. And they made the games much easier to watch. They made it into a grid. They yeah. made it into a race, you know, a They sport. copied the grid league. Like. They did, and they stole their idea. But whereas if grid league said this winter, we're bringing to you 120 grand cash prize for the team. Yeah. I think we'd see a lot different Gridley, but Gridley obviously died off, you know. I, I'd say those guys are, are drastically looking back through their old hair drives, yeah. opening up like, fuck, where's yeah. all this stuff gone? <laughs> yeah, like they, they would have been in prime opportunity now. Yeah. Um, I don't see how CrossFit are realistically going to, because people don't really want it, you know, people don't, it's not a thing people want, you know, for, so when weightlifting was going to be kicked out of the Olympics, Nobody wanted that. Everyone wanted it to stay. So there was a cohesive movement across anyone involved in weightlifting who had any influence or anything. Everybody wanted weightlifting yeah. to the Olympics. Same at wrestling. When wrestling was threatened, people who didn't even care about Greco-Roman wrestling still wanted wrestling to stay in the Olympics because it felt like the right thing. 
but nobody really cares if CrossFit is still a thing. Nobody cares if Greg Glassman still yeah. gets his hundred million a year. Everything, everything will happen the way it used to happen. Yeah, they, we'll still have these great competitions. We'll still have athletes being supported. Yeah, probably better than they're being supported now. Yeah, uh, we'll probably have better influence from the bigger external organizations. Yeah, which like. People think that's not important and it might lose like the the heart of what CrossFit was. Realistically, like CrossFit is made up by the people who do it and the athletes who are competing in it. And we need to be able to support those athletes as best we can. And that support comes in the best form from large scale companies. Hopefully they just stop drug testing people as well. <laughs> <laughs> give it a rest. On that note. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks guys.